when I decide that I want to help you, I, I want to help you till the end. Hello and welcome to Holding Heritage. This is a space to explore and have honest conversations around the Asian North American experience. We'll focus on Canadian refugee stories, family, heritage, and bridging generational gaps. My name is Holly. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome back to another episode of Holding Heritage. I'm really looking forward to sharing today's episode with you. It has highlighted for me that when it comes to sharing and exploring heritage, there are so many different perspectives and avenues that we all build in our own ways and take forward with us in life. I'll be introducing my uncle Kenny, who I've grown up calling Kenny Fu. He's one of my dad's best friends and they met when they were young boys in junior high. Since connecting on a deeper level with people in my family who I've always looked up to through exploring these family stories, one of the best things that I never foresaw happening is the ability for me to learn so much more about my parents through the lenses of those who have known them for such a long time, even before I existed and in contexts and times that I would never fully understand. When I asked Kenny Fu if he'd be up for chatting with me on the podcast, he told me that there was a story that he really wanted to share with me about him and my dad. And well, let me just say, I'm so glad that he did. So let's dive in. My uncle Kenny Fu to me has always been one of the most charismatic, joyful, and magnetic people I have ever had the pleasure to share time with. His smile and boisterous laugh is one that feels as if it physically occupies space in the room. At family gatherings, he's always felt like an extra bright flame that somehow would bridge spaces between my dad, his siblings, and all of their friends. <laughs> kind of like a metaphorical glue of sorts. Although we aren't blood related, there's no doubt in my mind that he was ever supposed to be anything but a part of our family. Growing up, I witnessed my dad come alive every single time the two of them reunited, almost as though both of them each resurrect a part of the other that is deeply nostalgic and youthful. I always noticed a very unique and intense level of respect and admiration towards my dad from Kenny Fu, and when we sat down to chat, I finally learned why that is and how it came to be. A little bit of backstory first is Kenny Fu grew up in Saigon, aka Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, and was also a boat person refugee who fled with his two aunts during the exodus. Uh, so when I came here, I came with uh, my aunt yeah. because my parents can afford for, for my share only, the yeah. gold, this and that. So I went with my aunt, my dad, two younger sisters. So we came here in 1980. Uh, we arrive in uh, Saskatchewan. Yeah, how old were right? you? Like I think I was about 12, 13 at that time. His and his sister's boat journeys were similar to many of the other hundreds of thousand other refugee journeys at the time. He fled from Saigon to Indonesia, where he says to me that he feels very lucky and fortunate that his journey was somewhat smooth and quick compared to many others. Like when we get into Indonesia, we went to the island that only us, so they accept us. It's only, it was only you? Yeah. Oh. So that's why when we get there, our paperwork is separate. So most of people, they have to stay in the refugee camp for about two, three years. Mm -hmm. 
I stayed there for three weeks. Because then, you guys were the only ones. Yes. And then we arrived to Canada quicker, just after three weeks, then we got wow. picked up and arrived in Canada. Who were you sponsored by? By the government. Oh, you're a government sponsor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They moved you here, but you had to work to pay your yes. flight? Yeah, flight and everything. Did you come here and go to school or you came here and then you went to work? I came here when I was younger, so I, I still go into school. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right? In Saskatchewan? In Saskatchewan, we stayed there for about a year. Uh-huh. And then my aunt uh, decided to move to Kerry for a better job. Jobs. So we moved up here. After moving to Calgary is when he first met my dad in junior high. Then when I moved to Calgary, I remember we were in grade seven. Mm -hmm. That's how I met your dad. Yeah. Right? Uh I studied in in that same uh, junior high, your dad, for about a year. And then we moved to south of Calgary. That's when I don't see anyone. Oh, you went to a different school. Yeah. Was that just moving for jobs? Um, yeah, and for rental, this and that, mm, right? Yeah. We keep moving at that time. Yeah. So were no, both of your aunts, they were working? Yes. Oh, okay. And then I don't see your dad until I was grade 11 at least. Again? Yes. Oh, wow. So you met in grade 7, and then were you guys like still friends? Wow. No, like at that time we, we know each other. But when we are grade 11, we're a little bit older. And then, of course, the Vietnamese community is bigger at that time. Right. And then also we play soccer. Yes. So suddenly I see him and then he's in grade me. 11. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, and then, and then we go, like, oh, oh, I remember you. <laughs> How you doing? What you've been doing? Blah, 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 right? Uh, and then we, get, we keep in touch at that time. Mm. Also, my, my aunt start to have family. She have kids, this and that, and also she's married, so uh, it's very tough for her. And your dad knew. Uh, it's tough for me too, to at that time. Her? Yes, yeah. and then also um, I have no guidance. I was a teenager. Because your parents weren't there, and nobody to talk to, nobody rely on to. Mm. Were you close with your aunts? Yes, but their thought is different. Mm. And then also because she worked, yeah. she, she took care of family, right? Yeah. So the communication part is not there. Mm. Right. Right, whether I go, I go to school, I go home by myself, yeah. or find some hobbies to do. That must have been lonely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But that, that, that also developed your your personality too, right? Because mm, mm-hmm. that's why I don't, I hardly share my thought with other people because I don't know how. Mm. I never get used to. It's not that I don't want to. At that time, I don't, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Or I don't know that, oh, that's, you should do it. Kenny Fu having left his immediate family back in Vietnam at such a young age and such a crucial time in his teen years, he really struggled to navigate it all on his own. He felt enormous gaps in areas of his growth in terms of lacking guidance or anyone that he could really look up to or confide in, as well as a lack of space to not only express himself but also relate to and feel understood. 
We talked about how he wrestled with the feeling of fitting in when he came to Canada, that it wasn't even something that he felt he could wrap his mind around when he was young. He expresses how building and exploring his identity felt so foreign, up until he finally found a sense of safety and community among meeting friends that he could actually relate to, including my dad. Right, but it's just, you know, just like you said, you don't feel like you fit in. Right. I don't know how to fit in, mm. right? I don't even know my identity. Right. I never thought that I should have my identity. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just a normal kid, but when I get older, I start realizing, oh, that's why I didn't do it, because I didn't think that I fit in, oh. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So like in grade 11, then, you were spending more time with my dad and mm-hmm. more of the Vietnamese community. Did that change? Yeah, that changed because now, it's fit in. Yeah. I can share story with them. We can relate. Right. Right? I think that's a good part because now when I talk to your dad, he can relate it how I feel. You go, yeah, I understand. And this is my thought. And then when he tell him his thought, I go, oh, yeah, you know, like that's starting with uh, the relationship and, and the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's always been a sort of recurring joke that I'd hear through the family that my dad wasn't the biggest fan of Kenny Fu when they first met. So I asked him to tell me a bit more about that and what he was like when he was younger. He reiterated how much he felt a lack of available guidance during that time and how it really showed up in the way that he presented himself at that age. I don't have that. I don't have anyone that guide me into it. So of course, I just talk freely. I act freely, but that's buck him. Even when you see the way he talks to people, he knows what to say, Mm. how to say Mm. things, how your face reaction should be. Right? Right? Uh So you as a kid, like, were you just very unfiltered? (laughs) Unfiltered, I just do it, say whatever I want. Yeah. I didn't, tell you the truth, I didn't even know that he didn't like me until later. (laughs) Right? Yeah. But when later, when we were older, then he told me, yeah, first time I I met you, I want to hit you. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. So how did you guys become close then? Well... So in the weekend, I, in there at that time, there's a Vietnamese uh, community soccer team. Okay. Right? Yeah. So we joined, we practiced together, and then we started to get more opportunity to find out about each other, of course. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we, every weekend, we go practice together. Yeah. And then when break, we talk things. Yeah. At that time, your dad know that I have a tough time in school. Mm-hmm. And the story is, of course, it's not my aunt's fault. Like, she really wanted me to finish university. And for me, I went there one year. I went to state one year, and I have a tough time. And then at that time, I was young. I have no money. Mm. I don't finish school until 11 o'clock at night. At that time, there's no bus. And then also, at that time, my family in Vietnam need support. Mm. So I thought about it. I said, should I go to school? I will have a tough time for two, three years. Mm-hmm. And then owe a lot of uh, student loan, this and that. Yeah. Uh, I go to work now. Mm. Make money. Make money, pay for myself. Right. Instead of rely on, on, on my aunt. Mm-hmm. And also I have something to, to support my family in Vietnam. Yeah. So 
without explaining to my aunt, I quit school. So your dad know, understand where I'm coming from. So one day he said that I know you have a really have tough time. You want to move in with me? <gasps> I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, he offered. So he tell grandma. He said that yeah, I have a friend. He have no parent mm. here, and he right now he have nowhere to live. So he said that uh, it's okay. You want to come and live with me, mm. right? And and what whatever uh, I have, I share with you. He said that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I yeah I do a job here, job there with your dad uh, until uh, I met uh, Lian Yi, mm. right? And then at that time, then I got a job at the airport. Mm. So how long did you live? Um... Both two, three years. Two, three years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so th was that in the house that like, m like Mama and you yes. was there? Yes. Oh, okay. Uncle. Pao is was still a little kid, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. mm, mm. Right. Yeah. But we still keep that uh, close relationship until now. So your dad gets to uh, like help me where I am right now, mm. right? Without him, there's nobody there. And also your dad almost like my uh, my guidance. Even though we are friends. Sometimes he tell me, hey, you know what? This is how things should be. This is how you should do. And he tell me a lot of things that I learned and used to my adult life. Mm. It's not only friend to have fun, but he's also... Like your brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And right. you hadn't had that. No. In like, yeah. yeah and it's helped me expand it out mm -hmm. with the real world when I grow up yeah. and everything's right. Hearing this first part of the story about the bond between Kenny Fu and my dad floored me. All of a sudden, all of the respect and admiration that I'd seen between the two of them growing up made complete sense. It also felt like a sort of opening of a hidden door that I never knew existed into a whole other version inside of my dad that I'd never even heard about. I started really thinking and reflecting on how little time I had spent being curious about the personalities of my parents when they were young. That there was and still exists within them a version of themselves that parallels the teen versions of my own self that I often reflect on. That internal identity journey that we all carry, they also have that. I think it's so common for us to look at our parents and only see them as our parents because that's really the only version we've ever known and one of the only ones that we ever really will experience. So these moments that give us a new lens to see our parents through feels mind-boggling. So here comes the next part of the story. For context, Kenny Fu and Lian Yi, aka his wife, my aunt, have an incredibly kind son named Corey, who I grew up knowing as one of my cool older cousins. And Kenny Fu continues the story, putting emphasis on how this has all felt very full circle for him and has become a big part of his own perspective on what heritage is and means to him. So, about the heritage things, uh, that I like to talk about it is that the, the good guest from your dad, guess what? Uh, when Corey was in, uh, in, in high school, suddenly one day he came home. He said, Dad, I have a friend. 
that he lived by himself. He had a mom here, but his dad uh, left the family. And all year round, all he eat is just instant noodle. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And he, but can we take him home? Mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to, I like to look after yeah. him. At that time, that's an opportunity for me to tell my story about what your dad did to me. Mm. So I said, no, I'm taking him home. <laughs> wow. Right? Yeah. So I think he, and again, it's coincidentally, that's when he was in grade 11. So he stayed with us until he done grade 12. Mm. So he went to Nova Scotia to take the degree. And then when he got back, he lived with us. Of course, he doesn't have job yet. He doesn't have anything. He owes lots of money on tuition. So I told him, I said, don't worry about that. Because wow. I told him, I said that I've been there, I've done that, and I know how it feels. Mm -hmm. So pay off your tuition first, save up for yourself, <laughs> yeah, right? Aww. And make sure you have a good life before you leave. Because I don't expect anything here, but I want to, when I decide that I want to help you, I want to help you till the end. So he said, okay, uncle. And then when he left, he told me that, uncle, uh, I think I'm okay now. I pay off all my student loan. I have a money saved up for my uh, house payment. <laughs> wow. Right? And what, uh, whatever I'm thinking, Olian, you tell me something. I just think about what your dad did to me. Mm. Well, you know how that Feels, feels right you were right? that yes kid. yes 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 wow uh so that's the gesture that i learned it from your dad yeah oh, right uh -huh. so to me that's a good heritage gesture that that we should keep that we should help whatever we could mm -hmm. what whatever your dad did mm. left a lot of good thing yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. it's coincidentally it's exactly the same as my situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And I hope whatever we, I do well, for him, him. Yeah. he remembers that mm -hmm. we are not related, but we could be family if, you know. Yeah. No, family is not just blood. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you believe in like fate or yeah. destiny. Yeah. That's why at that time it's click on me right away. Mm. It's like, this is what I have to do. Mm. I can deny that. Yeah. And I didn't even go look for it. My son is the one who come at home and tell me. And so Corey, did he know that story? No. Before? Wow. No. Oh, but he knows now? Uh, he know a bit. Mm. He know me and your dad, mm. like how the our relationship yeah, is like and right. where it started. Mm -hmm. The way I see Corey, he treating his friend, people around him with, with what we have. Yeah. So I'm very glad that there's something that mm -hmm. we left there for them. Yeah. Right? And that's so much in the way of you and the way that you raised Corey, right? Mm -hmm. To mm -hmm. help him be the person that he is today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I never tell any other people about that story. They and keep telling me. 
when you call me, I I want to tell the story yeah. so you understand your dad a little bit mm. more of what he did yeah. when he no, was he, very he, he when he was a teenager mm. and what the result of that gets to right? Yeah, he never told me that story, you know. Yeah, it's because there's no opportunity. I wouldn't tell you yeah. the story yeah. because I I don't know where to start. But right away when we talked the other day. That's my intention. I want to share this story mm. with you mm. and with Andrew and with everybody. Yeah. Right. So you understand us more, and hopefully that that's the thing we keep for our later generation. Yeah. Like, you know, have an open out with everyone, mm -hmm. especially your friend. Oh, thank you for telling me. I'm so glad you told me because it it definitely gives me a different point of view. Like you said to look at my dad, you know? Yes, yeah. yes. And also, that's the heritage that I'm proud of. And I'm proud of that. This is the closest way to, to teach your children to see you as a person, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, who went through struggles, right. who had, yeah. Holy, all right, so let's unravel that a bit. For me, hearing how all of these series of events unfolded over the years is incredible. From how deeply my dad's gesture affected Kenny Fu's own life and trajectory, to how somehow stars aligned to bring about the perfect opportunity to pay it forward, so to speak, decades later through his own son, Corey. Also, how these values are passed down and practiced through generations via experiences and stories, and how impactful that is. The way Kenny Fu expressed this to me as a core heritage value that he holds dear and hopes to pass on and continue completely opened my mind to the realization that heritage is so much more than what we initially think it entails, and it can be incredibly personal and unique to each individual. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary has a definition of heritage as being the traditions, achievements, and beliefs that are part of the history of a group of people. And I think up until I heard this story, I had always defaulted to thinking of heritage from the perspective of things like ethnicity, cultural traditions, nationalities, and larger overarching groups of these sorts. But now I'm beginning to also see that heritage can be way more granular and intimate too. That's why passing down and learning our heritage through things like these intimate family stories and experiences is one of the best ways. It's in the small things like family recipes and the way grandma likes to use extra spice because that's what her grandma used to do. It's in all of these seemingly small aspects that we build heritage and contribute to the ongoing process of that evolution throughout time. Before we wrap up this episode, the last thing I want to address is that had I not taken the first step to asking questions and being curious, I wouldn't have learned about this story. So many times after a conversation like this, I hear similar comments to the ones that Kenny Fu said, that he wouldn't have told the story or that it's one that he hardly even talks about because there's no invitation or very few opportunities to bring things like this up. So I hope that if anything, this maybe encourages someone out there to extend more invitations in the form of space and curiosity, because you never know what you might learn. If you liked this episode, please share it and let me know your thoughts. What does heritage mean to you? And what are some of your family stories that really encapsulate the core values you'd like to pass on to your future generations? Thank you so much for joining me today, and I will meet you back here again very, very soon. Bye.
Intro and outro music by Blue Wednesday. Be sure to check him out. He's amazing. And as always, Holding Heritage is proudly created, produced, and geographically based on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded lands of the Tsleil-Waututh and Comox nations of the Coast Salish peoples.